Welcome to Fast Fiction. A happy, long marriage is a rare and wonderful thing. Couples treasure each and every moment, and those that believe in their vows of staying together until death do us part, in sickness and in health, reap the benefits of a loving relationship. But occasionally, that long, happy marriage can be a day too long. Eileen Askin turned down the volume of the car radio. Personally, she liked the whimsical song and thought it both appropriate and inappropriate for the moment. But Alex didn't like old songs, so she decided on the latter. Instead, the couple drove along the highway in comfortable silence. Forty years of marriage had erased the need for small talk. Alex, still handsome and distinguished in a military kind of way, guided the car into the left-hand lane, ready to turn into the small gas station coming into view. His wife looked at him in surprise. Surely we have enough petrol to get there? He looked puzzled for a moment, but still completing the manoeuvre into the garage, said, Yes, yes we do, but we always fill up here for the return journey. He hesitated a moment before adding, I just feel we want to keep everything routine. She nodded complacently. All right, dear, if you think so. Eileen Askin looked a little older than her husband. Traces of past beauty were still evident, but time had taken its toll, and her face was wrinkled with a tiredness in her eyes that bespoke the care and concern of aging limbs. She watched as Alex directed the attendant to Fill her up, please, Mick. before exchanging a few words and paying by credit card as he had done a thousand times before. Returning to the car, he stayed in the left lane, before turning up a small track a few kilometres on. This rapidly began to wend in a steady trail upwards. Eventually, as if by magic, they came out onto a small clearing that boasted a small cottage and a fabulous view of the ocean. The couple gathered their belongings and, following years of habit, stood for a moment appreciating the glory of sun, sky and sea. Then, unlocking the cottage, they entered, dropping their things casually before returning to the car to pick up more. Alex went to the boot and withdrew a car fridge, whilst Eileen picked up a small basket full of professionally wrapped foodstuffs. Both were deposited on the kitchen table. Did we forget anything, do you think? She asked as she saw Alex rummaging around the car fridge, pulling out a chilled bottle of white wine as she unpacked a selection of small exotic cheeses. No, I don't think so. And if we have... He smiled and shrugged. They wandered out to the back veranda and sat in the two comfortable chairs which were directed towards the spectacular view. Once again they lapsed into silence, sipping their wine and occasionally munching on cheese and biscuits. As the heat of the sun dropped behind a few clouds, the couple moved inside and busied themselves with the evening meal. Eileen set the table with the elegant china stored in the cottage and Alex unpacked the food. Although still quite early, they sat by candle glow, accompanied by soft, nostalgic music. 
Eileen ate little, merely picking at the smoked salmon, a delicacy she usually relished. There were tears in her eyes as she finally folded her napkin and sat looking at her husband. Shall we? His voice was low and warm as, with ceremony, he helped her from the table, then taking her arm walked her once more out to the veranda. By now the sun was low and issuing a warm, hazy glow across the silver sky. They sat together, holding hands for a few minutes, admiring the changing night seascape, before he quietly got up and brought out the wine glasses that he had refilled to the brim. Almost instinctively, both sipped at the Chardonnay, and then Alex put his hand in his pocket and took out a small vial of pills. Are you sure you still want to do this? He asked. His wife looked at him. Do you? I have little choice. You know that. Then, yes, I still want to do this. You have the letters we prepared? Yes, they're in my bag. She bent over and extracted two envelopes. I'd better have mine. He leant towards her, taking the envelope and putting it close beside him. Then, after extracting three pills, he offered the vial to her. She took it again, asking, How many? Three? No, six. It goes according to weight. I've already taken a few of mine with water. She looked at him, a new look of sadness on her face. You've already taken some? He smiled gently. You know what I'm like with pills, Eileen. I need a lot of fluid to swallow, and being bigger than you, I need more pills. And this is a small glass of wine. He said it in a jocular fashion, causing her to reward him with a wry smile. Tentatively, she took the first pill, swallowing with a grimace. He took one too. She repeated the performance one by one. By now the sun was no more than an explosion of violent reds and orange hues on the horizon, and they could only see each other by silhouette. She groped for his hand. Hold me, Alex, she said, moving slightly to make room in the chair. He pulled out a cigarette and lit it before replying, No, Eileen, I've been running around you all my life. You must come to me. There was a slight stir beside him as Eileen began to move. Then she chuckled as her voice could be heard low, with a slur in the tone. I, I would if I could, darling, but I don't think I can get out of my chair. I, I think I'm sloshed. There was a chuckle in his voice too as he answered her. No, not sloshed, Eileen. It's the pills beginning to work. It starts with immobility setting in. You'll pass out completely in a few minutes. I guess it's time to say goodbye. Alex removed his hand and took another sip of wine as he looked intently at the form beside him. He saw Eileen's look of amazement as she tried to move once more, slumping further into the chair as she tried to speak, but made no sense. Alex threw away the cigarette butt, then picked up the envelope beside him and slowly began tearing it up before putting the shreds into his pocket. He could see his wife's eyes follow his movements with a mixture of puzzlement edged with fear. The telephone began to ring inside the cottage. He made no move other than to look at his watch and say, Perfect. The answering service switched on, with his voice explaining the usual procedure of not being there. We are sorry to say we are unable to take your call right now. 
Please leave your contact details and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Eileen's almost inert body stiffened as she heard the caller. Mr. Askin, it's Anita here. You obviously haven't arrived yet. I do hope you get this call. I'm afraid I seem to have lost the keys to the safe and cannot get to the papers you need so urgently for the meeting on Monday. I'm terribly sorry. I know you planned a special anniversary weekend for Eileen, and I'm spoiling it. Would it be possible for you to come back to the city tonight? I'm so sorry, but I'm afraid it's a real emergency. There was a click as the connection was discontinued. A smile was on Alex's face as he turned for the door. Isn't that clever? She thinks of everything. An Oscar-winning performance. Don't you think? She'll be such a comfort to me at your funeral. He looked at his watch again. Sorry, darling. I must go now, before the garage closes. Mick leaves at nine, and I need him for an extra alibi. He walked back into the cottage, returning almost immediately with his coat, which he put on, drawing it close against the night air before putting on his gloves. Enjoy the last of the view, Eileen. Then, responding to the obvious bewilderment in her eyes, he said almost kindly, You see, I sort of forgot to tell you. I got the medical results back from the pathology lab a few days ago. I'm sure that, like me, you'll be relieved to know that my cancer is not terminal after all. In fact, I'm due to have a small op next week, which I've been advised is almost routine. He leant over to her bag and removed a sheaf of papers. Oh, and by the way, your results came in too. You're also in the clear. Your aches are just due to arthritis, not MS. Anita faked those reports for me after copying the letterhead from the pathology lab. If you don't mind, I'll take them with me. I wouldn't want them checked too closely. He pulled out an envelope from his wife's bag and once more tore papers into strips, which again went into his pocket. Of course... I'll be devastated to find your depression about your unsubstantiated fears led to your suicide. Such a waste. Sorry, must dash. Anita is waiting for the keys to the safe. She will be so sorry to have spoiled our weekend. I'll have to think of something nice to comfort her. He blew a kiss from the door. A moment later, Eileen heard the car start up and begin its reverse journey down the mountain. By now, she was utterly paralysed, not even able to move her head. Her mind was in chaos as she tried to rationalise the turmoil of the last few minutes against what she had thought to be a happy marriage. Her eyes mirrored her frantic terror. Then, as her heart began to slow, she started to relax as inevitability set in. Gradually... An almost imperceptible smile softened her features as she retraced in her mind all the circumstances that had led her to this final moment. There was one small triumph. Yes, she had been duped into thinking that there was no future for her and Alex, but what he obviously did not know was that she had decided not to add to his worries and arrange that last final interview with her solicitor this morning. After all, they had no children, no one to leave her money to, so she had rewritten her will. She had been in such a state she could barely remember all the charities she had named as equal beneficiaries for the house, its effects, and her fortune. 
The only thing she knew for certain was that she had removed Alex entirely. After all, he was supposed to be dying with her. You have been listening to A Day Too Long, written and dramatized by Brianda Cross and performed by Trevor Bell and Michael Wilkins. <laughs>